The Starsport podcast is brought to you in association with Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union now offers Cultivate Farm Finance and is ready to support local farmers. Cultivate is a farm finance option available from 40 credit unions around Ireland, including Access and Bantry Credit Unions here in West Cork. With a Cultivate loan, farmers in West Cork can benefit from the local decision-making and personal service offered by their credit union. To find out more, go to www.accesscu.ie forward slash cultivate or call on 028-21883. Cultivate is a loan specifically designed for farmers that provides short to medium term loan opportunities built specifically around the growing needs of our farming members. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose a credit union, choose local, choose community. Over the last few weeks on the podcast, we've been focusing on the rebuild the Cork senior men's footballers are going through under new manager Keith Ricken. Well, the women's senior team have a new man in charge too, and on Saturday we got the chance to see Shane Renane's side in action for the first time when they took on Mead in Navin. Renane's first game in charge unfortunately ended in defeat to the current All-Ireland champions, but there wasn't much between the sides, and on today's show we'll chat to Skibbereen's Laura O'Mahony, who was very impressive at halfback. But Kieran, first off, we're recording... This show on February 15th, the day after your favourite day of the year, Valentine's Day. And I think a lot of our listeners really want to know how serious you take Cupid's favourite holiday. Are you an old romantic or a cynic who pays no heed to such frivolous events? I am an old romantic, but I'm a cynic around Valentine's Day because, like you, Jack, I can see for what it is, it's a money grabber. It's um, it, it's a money grabber. So, no, we'd... Uh, with a nice quiet Valentine's, we we followed our our same tradition over the last couple of years. Where um, my better half cooks me a, a lovely meal on Valentine's night, and I shower her with flowers and Ferrero Rocher, and that is basically it. Um, I think we're getting old, old at this stage. So those um, those 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 days where we used to send bunches of flowers. Well, actually, actually, that's a story. Actually, going back to my my very old days when I was in the Kingdom newspaper in Killarney one Valentine's day. Um, I got a bunch of flowers sent to the office for me from my better half. And she also sent a, a box, a wrapped box. And it was actually a day I was off. So the the old boss in the kingdom rang me to say, there's a there's a there's a box in here for you, Kieran, to come in to come in and open it. And this is on a Tuesday. So I landed into work and my colleagues were around the place and it was a box wrapped in love hearts and all that. And I opened the box and there was a teddy bear and a pair of handcuffs. 
So as you can imagine, in front of my work colleagues, that um, that was a source of great amusement. I went as as red as a, a Valentine's rose could be, but she she well and truly got me in that one. So um, since then, the, the the gifts have been a lot more along the traditional route. Let's put it that way. Talk to me about flowers then, because I got some land when ordering a bunch of roses this year to be delivered to our apartment. And I thought I was being you know, quite proactive. I was well organized. I had it ordered uh, nearly four days before the big occasion. And I stumped up like, you know, 80 euro odd. And I thought I was spending big bucks. I was like, I'm going to get serious kudos now. An 80 euro bunch of roses. This is going to be class. I am going to be kingpin, top of the world, anything I want. But when they arrived then, it was like an old bunch of flowers you'd buy from a petrol station on the old Dublin road. Like, you know, there was no real class or style to this 80 euro bunch of roses. It was pretty much a petrol station bunch. And I was, God, I was shocked. I was disgusted. This is what Valentine's Day has become. They're taking 80 euro off me for a shitty bunch of roses. So I think it's the last time I'm going to engage in flower buying on Valentine's Day because I don't know whether it's inflation or it's just taking advantage of idiots like myself. But yeah, they won't I'm actually surprised you stuck up the money for Jack, to be quite honest. Knowing you as I do, I'm surprised you, you parked with 80 euro for a bunch of flowers. But um, I suppose we're revealing all about here at home as well. And she's going to love me for this. But we went through a phase a couple of years back where she said, do not get me flowers because she just thought it was a waste of money at the time. That's changed since then because she has a, 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 has a, has a penchant for flowers now. But there was a stage there where she said, just get me something that I'll use, you know, something that I'll get kind of get, get worked out of. Obviously, flowers are lovely for Valentine's Day. And I did get her flowers um, flowers this year. But we did go through that that phase where it was something that she'd she'd get more value or use out of. So maybe next year for your better half, you could invest that 80 euro in something that that, that, that she, she'll enjoy for maybe longer than a week and a half, two weeks. No, I tell you what I'll be doing based on what I got for the 80 euro. I'll be purchasing the flowers from a petrol station next year and I'll be just dressing them up slightly nicer so they look like an 80 euro bunch of roses and I'll save the extra 50 for myself. I might go to the pub. I might just go to the chipper and absolutely pig out but i will not be dropping 80 euro with some disgusting flower delivery business that like who said romance them. is dead who said romance is dead like all the all our listeners listen to this chat they don't know there's two romeos here like kind of cupid's arrow has really got us and we've two lucky other halves who um who probably don't listen to this podcast jack so we're probably going to get away with this one yeah absolutely well just to segue very succinctly away from Valentine's Day and the 80 euro that I wasted on roses because capital grants have been dropping across the country and hopefully this is money that won't be wasted by clubs around West Cork and the big one that we want to touch on today is the money that's been received by Bandon Athletics Club, Kieran. What a terrible segue yeah, that was, by the way, but regardless. That was quite smooth, quite smooth. Even by your high standards, that was quite <laughs> impressive, Jack. But like you said, yeah, the Sport Capital Grants, they, they were revealed late last week and a lot of West Cork clubs, um, from GA clubs to, to soccer clubs and so on, have all uh, will all be in the receipt of grants, which is great news for so many local clubs. And Bandon Athletic Club are going to receive 290000 for their 
um, outdoor six to eight lane athletics track and field facility that they're that they're currently starting outside Bendon. And this this is quite important because we've spoken with Shane Howard from Bendon Athletic Club on this podcast before. We touched on the fact that West Cork does not have a proper outside all weather four hundred meter athletic eight eight lane athletic track here in West Cork. So young athletes from Bendon Athletic Club have to go up to MTU in the city on Fridays and on Saturdays to avail of the of the facilities up there. And it's not just the track facilities, it's the it's 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 the outdoor facilities too, like the like the hammer cage, um, the shot post. And you, you think of the talent of athletics in West Cork right now. Okay, we have Phil Healy and Dara McElhinney who are at the upper end, but the likes of Nicola Tuttle, who was the the, the women's senior um, national champion before. We've Lauren McCourt, we've Fionn Harrington, we've even Maeve O'Neill and Donnie's, all these really talented athletes who just can't avail of the facilities here in West Cork. So for Bandon Athletic Club to, to get this grant, it's a real vote of confidence in what they're doing. Right now, the site has been fenced off. So anyone passing that site, it's a couple of miles outside Bandon, they can see the size of the project and the development that is starting. So the plan over the next couple of months is to lay the sub base for the track and that needs to settle um, and so on. So you're probably looking at spring, summer next year when that um, outdoor all-weather track will be laid and including the outdoor facilities to go with that as well. So it's just great news for Bandon Athletic Club that they have this huge injection of cash, um, this almost seal of approval, if you want, in, in what they're doing, because this will be a fabulous facility for West Cork. When you consider, like I said, how big athletics is in West Cork right now and the wave of talent that, that's on the way up as well. And just to touch on some of the other ones, Jack, before we move on, Skibbereen Rowing Club have got a, a grant as well. They've got, I think, I'm just going to double check it here. Skibbereen have got 66,000 for a new gym facility that they're that that, um, that they're going building. So that's um, obviously Skibbereen. It's the, the the home club to Olympic. But the only the only the only problem I can envisage with Skibbereen Rowing Club uh, investing 66,000 in a new gym is that if they do, they will no longer be able to say, "Look at the facilities we train here with, and we still win gold medals." There'll be no. Um, There'll be no sympathy for them anymore or no like uh, uh, sympathy is probably the wrong word, but people won't be like, oh, how have they done it with such bare facilities if they're going to have a state of the art uh, uh, gym down there as opposed to homemade weights from old boat engines. You know, this is almost a reward for what they've done over the years, how they've, they've transformed Irish rowing, how they've, they've put Skibbereen and West Cork on the world map. So it's just great news for the likes of Skibbereen Rowing Club. But even if you're looking at Skibbereen Rugby Club for a second, they've got nearly 130000 in a sports capital grant for the installation of match quality LED floodlights. So that's another huge, huge boost for Skibbereen. And even Skibbereen, Skibbereen Dynamos have got nearly 90000 for floodlighting and ball stop netting. And I'm just... Flying through the list here to see can I pick out any more. Dolly's GA Club have got 133,000 for dressing rooms upgrade and new fencing. Clannacilty Rugby Club are getting 123,000 in a sports capital grant for an artificial playing surface. Clannacilty GA Club are getting 145,000 in a grant to install LED floodlights. And that's just some of them, Jack. That shows the influx of money that's going to come into West Cork from the sports capital grant scheme. And it's all for the upgrade of facilities of sporting clubs here in West Cork. So congratulations to all the clubs who are going to benefit from this sports capital grant, because what it means is we'll have better facilities here in West Cork for, for the people currently playing those sports and for the next generation coming up. And that can only be a good thing. Well, if I was the treasurer of Skibbereen 
rowing club, I would be investing that 66,000 into downgrading their current gym facilities because look at the success they've had with the bare minimum. Imagine if they had even barer minimum, they'd be producing gold medal winners for every Olympic Games. And on the topic of athletics and Skibbereen Rowing Club, this segue is going to be a lot smoother because Paul O'Donovan's been back in the news this week here and it's not for rowing, it's for cross-country yeah, running. Paul, it, yeah, we, we touched this before last year that, that Paul was lining out for Leeville Athletic Club in in, uh, in Cork uh, Cross-Country County Championships. I think it was a novice and senior that he ran in late last year and he turned up again in the Irish Intermediate. So this is the National Cross Country Championships in Castle Lines last Sunday. And he had, a, he had a very respectable 34th place finish in the Intermediate Men's Race. And I was looking through the results. There was 83 runners there and Paul finished in 34th. And I think he, his time was less than five minutes behind the winner, which is some going. He'd less than 29 minutes for the... For uh, just over sorry, twenty nine minutes was the time that Paul put in, and the winner was from Clonmel, and he ran it in twenty five minutes flat. So, um, it's great stuff to see Paul. Like he's he's conquered the water, and now he's 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 busy conquering the land as well. So it's um it's a just it's a lovely story at this time of the year because the rowing is going to kick in quite soon. The first World Cup regatta, I think, is in Belgrade at the end of May. So obviously Paul will be back in the water and back in the boat and back in familiar terrain then. But it just goes to show that this man, he's, you said it before, he's quite unique when it comes to an Irish sports person. He loves a challenge. Whatever he puts his mind to, he will succeed at. And he finished 34th out of 83 runners. And just think about those fellas who finished after him. They're fellas who are probably concentrating cross-country running. Yet this Olympic gold medal athlete hopped out of the boat, trying a pair of running shoes, and he whizzes around the course. So it's some going by Paul. It is indeed, and to be fair, I don't think the lads who finish behind him will be too down on themselves because if I was uh, Joe, a, 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 a mid-ranking club runner and a gold medalist beat me, I wouldn't be like, oh, how could he do it? I'd be like, he is a gold medalist. He is a freak of an athlete, and we know how powerful he is in the boat. So no surprise to see him outperforming half of the field in the cross-country championships. Now, Kieran, we're going to switch our focus to our guest this week and that's Skibbereen's Laura O'Mahony who was involved in Shane Renane's first game in charge of the Cork senior women's footballers against Mead on Saturday. The last three to four weeks in this podcast we've been focusing heavily on Keith Rickon's time in charge of the men but we have to now switch to Shane Renane's time in charge of the women. He's come in and replaced Efi Fitzgerald who had a very successful stint as the women's manager They've got off to a losing start, but they are against the All-Ireland champions in Navin. And overall, what did you think of how they performed and what's the soundings like coming out of the camp now that Shane Renane's very much in situ? An important side note to the Cork's last meet last Saturday is that Cork were also without the Mornabi contingent. And when you consider that there's eight Mornabi players on the Cork panel, that's a sizable chunk to be without um, Mornabi have been in club action very recently. They were in the All-Ireland club final that they lost a couple of weeks ago. So those players deserve a break. But you're talking about the likes of Darren O'Sullivan, uh, Kiro O'Sullivan, Maura Callahan, Laura Fitzgerald, kind of um, Ellie Jack is a young player to keep an eye out for um, Emer Meany. So they have so many good players there to come back into it. So when you think that a very young Cork team lost only 2-7 to 1-8 away to, your, to the All-Ireland champions in their own back door, like it's not... 
it's, it's not a disaster. And there's a lot of positives that Shane Ronin is going to take from it, especially the fact he gave so many young players um, a game. Rachel Lee, he is still a minor. She came on and she scored a point. Um, Kira McCarthy came off the bench. Abby O'Mahony, a young player from Glenmire, came on as well. So it was a it was a good workout because it's a tough place to go on your on your first day into the, the home of the All Ireland champions. And I think it'll help just to kind of shake some of the cobwebs off after uh, Cork haven't played since I think the All Ireland semi final was against Mead was last August. So that's a long time without a game. So it's a good game to get under their belt because it doesn't get any easier, Jack. Cork are away to Dublin in Croke Park this Saturday evening. I think it's a 5.15 throw-in and it's live on TG4 and it's actually part of a doubleheader with the Dublin men's. So Cork are going from playing Mead away to playing Dublin away and Dublin have been the dominant force in ladies football over the last couple of years and Dublin won their league opener against Waterford last weekend. So it's going to be another huge challenge for for Shane Ronane's team. But these are just the types of games that they, they need right now. And even for the likes of Laura Mahoney, who's missed so much time through injury, it'll be another great chance for her to get a, a full game under her belt. OK, well, let's hear from Laura now. You spoke to her a little earlier on. Delighted now to be joined on the Star Sport podcast by Cork footballer and O'Donovan Ross's star, Laura O'Mahony. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks very much for having me. It's just a couple of days on from Cork's opening National League game. There was a 2-7-1-8 loss away to Mead um, on Saturday. But putting the result aside for a second, I always like to get back on the pitch and get that first competitive game with Cork under your belt this, this season. Um. To be fair, it was really good. Like, I you know yourself that I missed last year's league campaign. So, like, the league and championship are very different in a way that obviously people take championship a lot more seriously. But like, league is that opening that you kind of need to, to get the dust off the boots nearly and get going and like try those new tactics and try new players and things. And I think that's what we did, um, especially with the new management and things. I think we went out with a fresh head and a fresh mindset and just gave it a go really when I saw the team named on Friday and I saw that half back line of Laura Mahoney Melissa Duggan and Erica O'Shea I was like Jesus that, that that's some formidable trio um how, how, how did it play out on Saturday for you um it actually went good anyway surprisingly good um Melissa was supposed to start centre back but when me named Vicky Wall um we put Erica on her, so that kind of changed things up a bit. But Erica made a right good go of her anyway. Vicky was almost chasing Erica, so <laughs> it was good that way. But Erica didn't phase us really. And like you like you're saying, it was it was against Mead and Mead are All Ireland champions, and it's a tough um, tough group for Cork this year with Dublin as well and and Waterford. So looking more closely at the game against Mead, so it's important to note here that Cork were without the Bourne Abbey contingent and so many young players got their chance as well last Saturday and so many players came off the bench as well. So there's a lot of positives that, that Shane and the management team will take from the game. Yeah, exactly. Like we always have um, the girls that have been there with the last couple of years and I think this year what we have is we have the mix between those who have the experience and the new girls coming in like Rachel Leahy now. She's still minor. Mm-hmm. She's only in fifth year. Um, Dara Canary, another girl, she's only in sixth year. So, like, bringing those in, like, I remember when I was coming on the panel in sixth year, like, it's a big stepping stone on for minor. But at the same time, like, if you're given your opportunity, you take it. And I think seeing those girls, like, they've really pushed us on and, like, 
know everyone there is fighting for their place like especially in the league like the league is where you you try and prove that you are capable of playing in championship and it doesn't get any easier so from playing all ireland champions mead last weekend it's a small matter of dublin in croke park this saturday i think it's quarter past five throwing but these are just the games that cork need and want right now because you're playing against the best teams that are out there and for those younger players like we said they're like they're going to get a real taste and sample of this is what it's like at the highest level yeah exactly like anyone that we're playing like we want to go out I think the main focus this year is that we focus on ourselves and some things that we've done in previous years I think that we're going to try and change this year like obviously like it's work for us in some sense but in other ways we didn't win the All-Ireland the last couple of years so we need to start looking at that and looking at where we have gone wrong and I think changing the tactics and things and um, being more on the step forward rather than the step back hopefully that'll that'll go with us on from the league onto the championship. Is that one of the differences that new manager Shane Ronan has made since since he's come in? Because I presume it's a clean slate for all the players and it's a chance for everyone to put their hand up for, for selection for the league and then obviously for the championship. But can you have you noticed even a change in, in approach? Like, does he want Cork to play on, on their front foot more? Yeah, I think that's one of the main things that he's trying to emphasise this year, that because we've lost in the last few years that a few of us have lost confidence and we think nearly, God, are we ever going to win? And I think um, him coming in and telling us, look, we, we have the players, like even having more Abbey, who I know they lost out in the smallest bit to um, the Galway team this year. Like we still have eight of those coming onto the panel. Like we have the contingency to be winning. So we just need to start believing in ourselves more, I think. When I saw that the Cork panel was unveiled last week for the National League, like it's such a strong panel again. And obviously like the more Abbey players you said there, but the likes of Martino, O'Brien is back, Orla Finn, Anya Terry, all those kind of experienced stalwarts are there as well. So um, it must be a pretty exciting time in the Cork camp right now. Like obviously the league has started now with the championship coming up. But the, what, what's, what's the mood like inside there? Um, it's actually very positive. Like I know we, we lost out on a bad note in the semi-final against me. You know, we were up so many points and to lose then by the point like obviously the heads dropped but I think this year the main focus is that it's a fresh start like we have the fresh players we have new players but we have the old faces as well that everyone knows of and I think the mix between that is something that we can be positive about and that we can use to our strengths this year. You touched it earlier in our chat Laura about you you missed 11 months of of, of, of football there and you only got back playing last season so let's go back to 2020 when you when you suffered a knee injury that kept you out like you're only just such a, a young player still what was that like for you facing such a long journey out um to be honest it was very strange because I had never been badly injured before like I'd only have a few niggles here and there but I remember when I got injured and the warm it was a warm down like it was so hot <laughs> that um, like I was like, surely it'll only be a week or two, a training or two. And then when I was told, first I was diagnosed that it was um, a tear to my cruciate. But after um, they said that was a mixed misdiagnosis, that it was something I had to do with my hips and things and just my alignment. Um, but regardless, like it, it did cause that I needed a lot of workload. I needed a lot of rehab to try and fix that and things. And I suppose I was just out of leaving cert and I was from like, going doing all my leaving start going up to training three times four times a week so I think the fact that I was in college nearly helped and that it was actually locked down um helped that I could have that bit of break that I was used to the workload to try and do my rehab so it helped in that sense that it was um the COVID year we'll say took it to my advantage 
But the good news is you got back on the pitch last year and you got back in the pitch for, for both Cork and for your club, O'Donovan Ross. And I think you, you made your, your, your comeback in the championship. But just for you to get back on the pitch after being out for so long, that must have been a great feeling. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think, like people always say it, but you only miss something when it's gone. Um, you only appreciate it when it's gone as well. Um, so the fact that I got back on, I think it was the... Um, was it the All Ireland quarter final against Watford that I made my first start for in over a year and a bit? I'd say, um, it was just re- it was really special that Efi and his team um counted on me then and gave me the goal that I was able to come back and that was kind of the boost I needed. Like that, there was a there was a real kind of a a seal of approval, like you said there, like the fact that Efi went to you straight away. I think you played against a Tip in the Championship, then you started against Waterford, and you even came on in the All Ireland semi final against Mead. So you got those games to kind of to, to help you come back into it, and then that almost fed into into the club season. Then because I presume it just took time to I suppose to shake off the cobwebs and the rustiness because you had been out for so long. Yeah, exactly. Like you can do so much rehab in the gym and you can come back onto the pitch running and things, but it's completely different going into a game. I remember um, it was the start of summer last year or in 2020 um, that I was coming back and we were playing an AVB and they said, look, I'm ready to come on now and play. And it was my first in, I'd say, 11 months that I had played any bit of football. And I remember one ball coming straight at me and it just went straight through my hands out through the middle. And I didn't know what was going on, but it came back quick enough. It comes back quicker, I think. Like, I was like, will I ever be able to get back up to the pace of things if I was missing even the ball? But I think club helped with that as well. Like, even I went back training with the, the club girls for a while just to get my ball skills back up and things. Before we chatted on the Ross, I have to, I suppose, talk about small bit about Efi Fitzgerald as well because he was the, the, the obviously the previous Cork manager before Shane, but he also moved you from wing forward to wing back, and that's a that's a because we know from your time at West Cork that Brian McCarthy, the West Cork manager, he always saw you as a wing forward, but then Efi saw enough for you to say, "I want to try, try Laura out at wing back." So, how do you find that change, and what is the big difference? Um, I suppose the difference is that like. I'm personally myself don't find myself as the strongest shooter or targeter on the goal. Um, now I know that comes down to a certain amount of practice as well, but I think that I have that flair for getting the hand in quickly and a tackle and things, and I'm more comfortable on the front foot rather than turning and facing towards the goal and trying to win it that way. Um, I think I'm just more confident to like time my run and run on from onto the wing forward rather than trying to get the ball from the midfielder and keeping it wide. And even having that versatility, versatility, it's a it's a great kind of more weapon in, in your arsenal to use because from a manager's point of view, view, Dane, he knows that he can play you in the attack, he can play you in the half back line. So that versatility, versatility is very important as well. Yeah, exactly. Like last year for the All Ireland quarter final, Efi's um, tactic was that the wing forwards would track back and then we break on the run, and that suited me perfectly because I like running, I like tackling. Do you know I like being on the front foot? We'll say rather than, than trying to win it up front. And then, um, like we said, we were chatting earlier, and you said about your your comeback last year for Cork, and then that fed into the club season. And what a year for Donovan Rossa winning the County Junior B Championship, and you're going up to, to Junior A this year. Um, how special was that for the club to win the, the Cork Junior B title? Yeah, it was very special. It was a long time coming, <laughs> um, especially losing it the year before. I think that we were all just so hungry to win it this year. Um, I obviously missed out on the one the year before. So personally, I was just really wanting to win it. You know, Junior B is 
is a stepping stone almost to junior A. I think when you get to junior A, it's almost like you're at one of the higher grades, mm-hmm. like junior A, intermediate, senior. So I think now that we've got to junior A, like we are really pushing on. Um, I think the girls are training at the weekends and just um, putting their head on it now just for the next season. What was the difference with Skip Saw between 2020 and 2021? What you made a difference that, that helped you take that extra step last year? Um, I actually think it was the losing of the final that really drove it home that we needed to push on that extra step. You know, even when you're doing sprints at training, like if you're two steps in front of the cone, like I think that was the two steps that we knew we needed to to make the next year. And that's what we that's what the girls did. I know I was wasn't training with them for a lot of it, but when Cork finished up, then after the the semi final, I was back with them, and I think I got my time with them as well to to knit it all together again. And junior A, like you said there, Laura, it's it's very competitive. Like Don, is it going to be there? So the, that nice local rivalry this year. But we've seen in the last couple of years the likes of Valleys and Castlehaven come through junior A and go up to intermediate and so on. So um, junior A, it could be a great springboard and a platform to even bigger and better things. Yeah, exactly. I think it's not out of reach at all to aim to to win the junior A this year. Like when you look at Valleys winning and they're gone up to to senior now mm-hmm. and. Castlehaven winning junior B to junior A and now they're gone to intermediate um so I think like it's not out of reach at all but I I just think that we need to to know that it's going to be harder this year that the tackles being made and just the, the fast speed of the game will will increase but before the club season rolls around you're, you're so busy at the moment like with your car commitments and even with UCC at the moment where you're in college so fill us in on the O'Connor Cup and what's the latest there at UCC um, so two weeks ago now we played Queens in the first round of it and we won that I think by six or seven points so we actually are playing um, UL tomorrow Tuesday um, that's on in the Merdick so I think we have to win two games out of our three we have UCD then again next week and winning two I think that brings us into the weekend then yeah, and kind of even managing that workload between college and, and county at this stage of the season like that's very important too yeah, exactly. Um, I was on placement at the start of January and um, I just think between placement and training with UCC and training with Cork, I just got a bit run down. Um, I picked up a niggle in my hip flexor and things and the physio Sinead O'Regan from Ross even just took me aside and said, look, can you not see that it's you're stressed out, it's your workload and we got one weekend off and I really like used it just to to rest and recover, you know, sleeping, eating properly and um, doing all the things that recovery needs and I have seen the improvements already, like my hip flexors, both of them are, they're, they're back good as new. <laughs> so after your touch wood and your injury problems are, are, are long behind behind you, are you feeling fit and, in, fit and I suppose really relishing this season, like the chance to get a full season under your belt for the first time since probably 20... 19 would it be with it yeah I think so yeah um yeah no definitely I think like we started at the start of December with fitness and things with our new S&C Paul um and he's really put us through the paces but I think it's it's standing to us um even like trying to keep up with me then like their counter-attack is just so fast like no matter how far up the pitch you get like they'll just break so I think that's what fitness is needed for and it'll be the same against Dublin like their their kicking um really works for them so I think fitness wise I am I am getting there anyway but I've another bit to go yet and you'll be tested in, in Croke Park this Saturday. But for our players to get the chance to play in Croke Park so early in the season in a big game, like it's, it's another experience, good experience to get under the belt. 
Yeah, exactly. Even for the likes of the younger girls, like I was saying, like Rachel Leahy and Dara, mm-hmm. like they probably never played there. And I remember my first time playing there. Um, I missed um the the final, the twenty twenty final, um because of my knee. But before that, I played in the league, the league um campaign against Dublin up there, and like we had no crowds at the time because of COVID. And I think that's going to be one of the big changes. I think um, the Dublin men are playing after us against Mayo. So hopefully some of that crowd will be there and to drive us on as well. Like we were saying, like these are the, the games that Cork need and want right now against the, the Meads and the Dublins of this world. But if you, if you go back to last year's All-Ireland semi-final, obviously it was heartbreaking for Cork to lose that late lead against Mead, who went on to win the All-Ireland but the fact that Cork were so, so close to winning that semi-final, it shows that you just aren't that far away from, from getting your hands on the prize that you want. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, like, sure, we were up that, um, in that game. Like, we were the ones winning and a few little mistakes cost us on the day. But um, I think even knowing that we were ahead and knowing that we could have beaten the now All-Ireland champions is enough for us to to drive on this year. Like even in the league final against Dublin, we were close as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's inches really between between the three or four teams that are up there at the moment. And hopefully Cork will find those extra inches this year and pass everyone out. And Laura, best look for the season ahead. We'll be following your progress very closely with Cork, UCC and O'Donovan Rasa. And thanks for coming on for a chat today. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you. Access Credit Union now offers Cultivate Farm Finance and is ready to support local farmers. With a Cultivate loan, farmers in West Cork can benefit from the local decision-making and personal service offered by their credit union. To find out more, go to www.accesscu.ie forward slash cultivate or call on 028-21883. Now here and in a moment, we're going to preview this week's Southern Star Sports section. But just something I wanted to touch on before we do that is Ireland's Six Nations performance against France on Saturday. They were beaten despite a spirited effort. Unfortunately, Gavin Coombs wasn't involved. But still, I just wanted to get your own thoughts. Uh, were, were you watching the game? What did you think of the performance overall? And of course, what was your take on the question on everyone's lips? And that is, were Ireland right to take the three points as opposed to kicking it into the corner when the game was in the melting pot? I think with the with the beauty of hindsight, you'd say that they weren't right to take the take that kick when um, they're on the front foot and only six points behind at the time, wasn't it? So yeah. obviously a, a converted try there would have made all the difference. Um, you would have liked to see Ireland go for the go for the kill there, kind of show that killer instinct and just go all out because it's so hard to, to, to win over in France. Is it three times in the last 20 years or so that Ireland have won there? And they had momentum at the time. They were on the front foot, but they went for the three points and Carvery nailed the, nailed the kick, but then they just didn't get an opportunity after that. So overall, it was, it was, a, it was a tough day at the office for, for Ireland. Um, are, are we still dealing with moral victories at this stage? I don't know where we are with um, in terms of that. Like, it's, it, like I said, it's hard to go to France. It's hard to go to Twickenham to get results. Ireland came quite close, but they'll, they'll be disappointed not to win that game. And maybe that's a good place for Ireland, the Irish rugby team to be now, that they're disappointed not to win away to a very good French team that will only get better. Um, the, I suppose the big disappointing fact is Gavin Coombs hasn't featured yet um, in, in the last couple of games, but you can see why obviously he missed the, the Autumn International, so he didn't figure in Andy Farrell's plans. And there's a very set team there at the moment and a 
Um, so Gavin's going to find it hard to to get a chance maybe against Italy next up. Um, I know Gavin's been released, one of the players released back into their province for the for the the, the rugby championships, um, the, the club the club action this this weekend. So hopefully he'll get back in the game under his belt and go back into the Ireland setup next week, and we might see him then. But yeah, um, like I said, moral victory, Jack. What what do you think? Yeah, no, I thought it was an absolutely shocking decision for them to go over the post at that stage of the game. I, really... I, I, I someone as someone who isn't like a, a, a major rugby fan or like uh, knows too much about it, I, I watched the games, etc. And I said even at the time, and I, I think I know nothing about rugby, I said, this is absolutely crazy to be going. Are they trying to get a draw? Like, what good is a draw in rugby? There's no grand slam for drawing games. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was absolutely baffling. And obviously, um, it's not... And a, an original thought that I'm having, but if big sexy Johnny Sexton is on the field in that moment, he's not taking those points. He's going to the corner. But anyway, that was my two cents. If anyone wants to hire me to write or analyze rugby, I'm available. Um, but it's not going to be the most insightful analysis you'll get. But Kieran, let's leave that there. And as you said, hopefully Gavin will be involved in the Italy game. And uh, yeah, we, we might start campaigning for that next week we'll campaign for his inclusion and maybe start some kind of a, a petition perhaps but regardless this week's southern star will be in shops on thursday we've touched on a lot of what's going to be included but maybe just give us a brief summation of some of the things readers can be looking forward to yeah a plenty of ga action obviously intercounty is is going quite strong but looking at the college's football scene for a second mount st michael came up short in there their Munster under-19 B colleges football final against Abbey CBS last, uh, last Saturday in, in Mallow. We have a full report from that. But congratulations to Barra Community School who won the Munster under-19 D football final. So we have a full report and reaction from that. And Barra are now going to shoot the All-Ireland semi-final at the end of the month against the Ulster champion. So that's good news for Barra football there. Uh, looking at athletics again for a second, we talked about it earlier, but it was a great weekend last weekend for both Phil Healy and Darren McElhinney, who both set new PBs. And with the National Indoor Championships coming up the weekend after this, they're both in flying form. So they're, they're two to watch there. And a big one for Dara is that he got the World Indoor Championships 3000 meter men's qualifying standard. So that means that Dara has run under... He's one under the time that's needed to qualify for the World Indoors in Belgrade next month. So if he puts in a good performance at the National Indoors and he finishes in the top two in the next 3,000 metres, the odds are he will be picked and he will go to Belgrade, which would be superb. And it was just great to see him run that PB in Metz, France last Saturday. So actually, Jack, that was one Irishman who had a good Saturday in France. That was Darren McElhinney. He had his, his, his new indoor 3,000 metre PB. Um, he took nearly five seconds off his old time and I was talking to him after on Saturday night and he was always disappointed. And this is like, this is the Darren McElhinney that we know. Like he's just gone faster than he ever had before. And he was saying, but I, I, yeah, I could have gone even faster again. So it's a great place for Darren to be. So um, he's only going to get better and better and better and better. Um, and also looking at this week's Southern Star, we have a two-page special on the West Cork School Boys and School Girls League Awards night that were held in the Celtic Ross last Saturday. Here in the Southern Star, we sponsored the Player of the Year Awards in all the age grades from under 12 up to under 16. And the overall Player of the Year was crowned as well. And that was Skibbereen's Denny O'Donovan, um, under 14 player with Skibbereen AFC. So huge congrats to him. So we have a, a two-page spread packed full of photos from all the award winners at that Schoolboys Awards night. 
Uh, my last word column this week uh, focuses on Orla Cronin. She's our, our Cork Camogie star from Inneskeen. She's injured at the moment, so she won't feature in Cork's opening league game against Clare this weekend. But I'm just putting the, the question out there. Is this the time for Orla to step it up even more and become one of the country's top players? Because she has, she has the skill, she has the talent. I think she has the mentality as well. So I'm just posing that question. So that's well worth the read. And another one is we're looking at eight local derbies that we're already looking forward to in the county championships later in the year. We saw the county championship draw last week and we've been blessed here in West Cork with a couple of huge crackers coming up. Um, just to touch on the, the Premier Senior Football Championship, we've Clannacilty, Castlehaven, Newcestown and Nemo Rangers in their one group like that. That's just cruel in, in, in some ways. Brilliant for us in the star because it's, brilliant game after brilliant game but just for those four teams to be put in against each other like it's an incredible group but looking down to Senior A we also have O'Donovan Rossa against Island Rovers and we're going to call that El Skibico what do you get that Jack for a, for a for a name of a derby El Skibico yeah I I, I like it um, obviously it uh, falls in line with all the great derbies around the world I did try to come up with my own one that incorporated the island river somehow but i couldn't i couldn't better el skibico so i'm going to give you the w on this one and yeah a massive game to look forward to so yeah i i i i, I can't wait for the build-up and everything that comes with that one and i know it's months away because that game won't be till july or august but we're starting the build-up in this week's southern star because donald o'sullivan has spoken to florio driscoll from Island Rovers just to get a state of the nation on where Ireland are right now down in the senior A football grade after the relegation from the Premier Senior. So that's another another piece where we're checking out in Thursday's Southern Star. And the final bit I'm just going to flag is Jack Gower, our Skibbereen Olympian. We've claimed him as one of our own. He's the he's the UK-born Irish skier with very, very strong links to skib through his grandmother. He finished off his Winter Olympics in the Grand Slalom last weekend. But it was last Thursday where Jack hit the headlines when he had the best ever result at a Winter Olympics for an Irish Alpine skier when he finished 12th, which is a huge result for him. So I'm putting that down for the, 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 look, the look of Skibbereen, we'll call it, for want of a better phrase, because when it comes to the Summer Olympics, Skib athletes excel. And now at the Winter Olympics, an Irish skier with very, very strong Skib links has done better than any other Irish Alpine skier had ever done at a Winter Olympics. So um, that's another one for this week's star. So you can see, Jack, we are we are creaking at, at, at the seams this week. The, the sport is falling off the pages. And it's only February. Wait till the height of summer. That will be in shops, of course, from Thursday morning across West Cork and across the country. It'll also be available online if you subscribe to our digital edition, just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and subscribe to the Southern Star on your computer, tablet or smartphone for less than €2 Euro per week. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast and thanks to our sponsors, Access Credit Union. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, or wherever you listen to or watch podcasts. Slán